0: Welcome to the Tech for Good podcast. We are very passionate about two things, technology and our world. In each pod, we will be interviewing some fascinating people, business leaders, but those with a special interest in solving the biggest issues facing humanity today. Think the environment, think healthcare provision during a pandemic, think global social injustice. If you want to know more about technology's immense potential to fix and transform, then you're in the right place. In this episode, I speak to Peter van Ervertveld. Peter is Chief Commercial and Operations Officer for Smart Reporting, a company which has developed groundbreaking technology for the future of medical documentation. For more than two decades, Peter has worked for leading organisations in pharma and biotech. In the podcast, we discuss the health sector's response to COVID-19, why structured data can help drive new standards in patient care, and he shares his enthusiasm about increased collaboration in the space. But first, I ask Peter more about his career.
1: Thank you for the question. Um, When graduated, um, I finished on, on macroeconomics and political science. Uh, tons of idealism to change the world which i hope every uh, person leaving university has uh, joined the united nations Um, very quickly realized that it's an incredibly relevant and and wonderful negotiation and and dialogue body at international level just wasn't the right fit for me Um, uh, discussions uh, go appropriately um, uh, slow as they should because a lot is at stake and i felt so much more dynamic at a young age, so um, then used uh, the European Commission where I helped uh, and worked on on, um, understanding and researching decision-making processes in the European institutions to uh, then launch myself into the private industry. Uh, They are focused on highly regulated industries and uh, very early got uh, a wonderful opportunity to, to put my nose into many, many different areas from gambling to oil to foodstuffs to healthcare, uh, something I definitely recommend everybody if they have the chance to take a step through consulting, because you get a flavor of so many different things um, uh, under such a pressured time, uh, which also teaches you a lot. How can you get things done very quickly, uh, and 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 yet at high quality, uh, and uh, use that then to to move into healthcare. And uh, I loved. Having had the opportunity to see different things before I did that, because it only strengthened my belief that that's where I feel most at home. Uh, Something I I also, again, find uh, uh, if you are lucky enough that you can choose around a little bit, then then take your time for that. Uh, For some, this can be done in, in two months. For some, it takes a few years um in my case it was after uh, seven years of consulting that i realized no no actually i know where exactly i want to go and moved into healthcare and i'm sure many listeners might do that much faster than i did but that's okay um and uh, never look back so i am very excited that since 2007 i was i was lucky to get exposed to a large uh, american organization at that point baxter fantastic company gave me a wonderful home with a lot of learning opportunity i actually never forget the pitch that was made to me by the hiring manager who said, do you want to be a big fish in a small pond in Belgium, or do you want to be in a big, big pond and, and have the opportunity to grow? And, and I loved it. Um, and it was a fantastic uh, Danish gentleman called uh, Christian Jurgensen who gave me the opportunity to move in house. And uh, from then onwards, I was gifted uh, with, with many great mentors. Uh, I think that's also one of the benefits uh, if you choose between smaller and larger organizations, Uh, uh, you will inevitably get uh, much more dynamic and agile environments in smaller companies, uh, and you might be lucky and have amazing mentors there. The benefit of large multinationals, of course, is that they can bring in so much expertise and and, and knowledge that inevitably there will be a few people that you really click with and that can help you grow and point out where um, you might have unintentionally um, made mistakes and, and need to grow. And uh, from that onwards, then I, I was lucky enough to, to lead um, a Market X's and Health Economics, uh, which are very data-driven uh, parts of a pharmaceutical company, uh, in order to help uh, uh, the NHS's of the world take the right decisions, which products to reimburse and which not. And um, uh, then moved to the US, had five years in the US, um, which I loved. A really good insight also about the stereotypes on both sides. Um, and if I had a magic wand, I would definitely blend the strengths of the U.S. with the strengths of Europe, because I think both have amazing um, advantages, local cultural advantages that ought to be combined, because a thoroughness um, in Europe, I think, is a strength. The can-do attitude of the U.S. is a strength. And And I ended up enjoying my work so much that I again and again saw the limits of limited data not allowing us to take the right decisions. And that is why most recently i made the switch to um smart reporting a a digital um documentation organization where we really focus to empower and partner with the nhs's of the world to think through how can you best capture data from clinical practice um how can you do that with the least interference for a doctor Uh, uh while fully acknowledging there will always be some um but how do we make it as intuitive and straightforward that it fits into the workflow, and to some extent optimizes and streamlines the workflow, and um, with that data improve decision making uh, going forward? So um, uh, it was a wonderful journey. I look forward to many more opportunities uh, to to grow because by nowhere, uh, no no means am I anywhere near the end. Um, still very young and and still tons to grow. Um, it's it's such a dynamic environment, healthcare and I think any listener who is considering it, um, have a hard look at it, uh, your, your skills will be needed because uh, there are always areas where healthcare can improve and uh, therefore it, it ought to deserve uh, attention of, of many of us and, and, and with it uh, the contribution of many of us to get better and better
0: really really fascinating stuff peter and we're going to touch on on a few of the points you've raised there in a bit i want to take you back though to to you know when when you were early in your career you said you, you went down that healthcare path why do you think you did that was it circumstances was it a, an interest you'd always had in that particular industry why healthcare
1: a good question. I, I To be honest, um, gambling, uh, I, I was lucky enough to work with amazing leaders in the gambling industry, inspired and and, and interested me a lot, too. Um, it, it was really that uh, because of um, a sports background and some sports injuries, but also a few other uh, events that, that transpired that I felt um, I feel most at home there. Uh, it, it fits with my purpose, thinking through how you can improve decision making. Um, around uh, which products to reimburse, improve decision making around, uh, uh, you know, where do you find the most appropriate guidelines. I found it fascinating, um, the the, the ability to um, bring bright minds together. I had the opportunity to work on a project on infectious diseases and on antimicrobial resistance and if you start to read into the the scientific details of of antibiotic antimicrobial resistance and you realize that with a few small steps we can actually all of us can contribute to minimizing that risk you know if you take an antibiotic take it to the end of the cycle don't stop after three days when you feel better it's such a small thing but all of us can contribute to that and you realize there's so much you can achieve positively for for humankind there i say but certainly for the country you live in if you help in healthcare. and uh i loved it um i felt most at home there and as i said never look back uh, for me this works it, it's close to my values
0: great stuff peter now i want to introduce the the, the topic of of technology a bit as well and, and you've spoken about data in, in your current role with smart reporting how important that is maybe i can as as an introduction get your thoughts on on the kind of excitement but challenges that come with this 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 amazing opportunity i guess we have with data and with new technologies very exciting technologies which are you know impacting patient care ultimately in in healthcare today but there's still a lot of a lot of work to do certainly in in, in those areas what's your assessment of of the landscape in healthcare right now and obviously you can look at it from a perspective of you know publicly funded healthcare private healthcare the industry the industry sort of side of it as well do you, do you think we are on on a on a journey to to ultimately much, much better care much more personalized care for for patients considering all of those aspects
1: yeah i i definitely think we are we continue on a journey to constant um constant and constantly improving better care and and i fully appreciate sometimes that's difficult to see and uh, with recent um, uh, uh, challenges, of course, that we all had with the pandemic, depending on how you look at it, you might have felt individually let down, or you might have felt that um, uh, the, the governments of this world are sometimes lost. That, that's all true, I'm sure, to some extent. Uh, the amazing thing, though, is if you look at what treatments we have available nowadays, where um, if you just take the last few years, where um, we've gone to with oncology care, where there are treatments where never, never we've thought in the past that treatments are available. Immunization, again, now we consider that a given, but go, go back 50, 60 years and, and and we were still investigating how to identify uh, agents that can help immunize you against one of the other infectious diseases. The improvements are ongoing and, and with the DNA sequencing um, uh, the door was open to to gene therapies and, and the improvements that happened uh, over the last few years I, I had the, the pleasure to work very closely on rare diseases including amongst others a bleeding disorder called hemophilia in my career and uh, was able to observe myself by talking to specialists how not just the thought but actually the development of gene therapies in that space has started and uh, the thought of uh, a, a otherwise life-threatening disease to potentially not just be treated so people can have um, as normal lives as possible, but possibly can be cured, is amazing. Um, and there's so much more to come. Um, if we, and I truly believe that that data and technology um, is in the current um, uh, period we're in, is going to be the next big accelerator, because uh, uh, what we can do in the lab I think with the current technology has almost maxed out what we what we can do. And I'm sure there will be another leap forward five, 10 years from now, because everything constantly evolves. Uh, but in the short term, I, I believe better insight into uh, what you currently can do with treatments available and, and with it better insight how you identify new treatments by having, having better data available to you. I think that, that that is the accelerator and uh uh th- there is no limit. I I really anticipate that within our lifetimes there will be cures for many areas um that currently we, we have no solution to because now the evolution is so quick. Um if you take um if you allow me to deviate for a second, there was uh, uh in the late uh uh twenty uh, tens there was an amazing initiative by by um uh, the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute and, and Harvard in, in the U.S., where they crowdsourced um, a competition to use around 200 um, uh, lung scans to very quickly develop uh, AI for lung cancer screening, and uh, worldwide competition, 60,000 or so uh, people participated, um, uh, and uh, I, th- I think through 500 teams or so, and uh long story short uh, the team that won that actually within three or four months got to the level of a trained pulmonologist, pulmologist a specialist because uh the the team actually came out of the the automotive industry so they were used to learning cars uh, how to self-drive so they were used to constantly engineering so many moving things um, that they used some of the algorithms they, they had developed there to actually uh, screen, screen um, the lungs. And if you take that as an example, there's an amazing article that was published in JAMA on that. If you take that as, a, as an example, I think one thing that makes me so optimistic about innovation is how much cross-pollination there will happen. That, there might be an, a, a listener who says, yeah, but healthcare isn't even what interests me the most that still doesn't mean that you can't help us because there is so much now in other industries happening that that will have an impact on on on, on healthcare take nanotechnologies the surgeries that nowadays are possible because of or a stent for instance for, for for cardiovascular disease wouldn't have been possible 40 50 years ago so i i think um it's it's a wonderful field to 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 deploy yourself and your skills
0: yeah and when you, when you talk about you know specific examples like that Peter it it really demonstrates why you know w- why it's such an exciting field for people like you I, I can imagine to to work in and and even though as you said earlier the the industry you know came under immense scrutiny during the early stages of the pandemic um I was going to ask you about that actually do you, do you feel like ultimately you talk about innovation i mean that was innovation at, at super speed, wasn't it during, during, during the early stages of, of COVID-19 and and the outbreak of that disease. Do you think help the healthcare industry has ultimately come out quite well of, of, from the pandemic given, given the responses and what the industry has been able to do, especially, you know, around vaccinations and data and how data has informed decision-making around many, many different aspects of the pandemic. Do you, do you think it's come out quite well, ultimately? I think the industry has, as and, and the healthcare apparatus has come out
1: quite well. Um, I do think, as a society, we suffered, and I have nothing but sympathy for, for the enormous pressure that was put on, 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 on uh, the caregivers. So nurses, doctors, clinicians, um, even reception personnel in hospitals. You know, I, I, anyone who has somehow worked. in in community or in uh, practices or in hospitals, I I fully appreciate that they might have been uh, stretched to the limit and and need a break. Um, Unfortunately, it's not easy to take a break if you work in healthcare, but there definitely was a stretch. I also think society suffered a bit because uh, I I don't consider it helpful to polarize to a point where we threaten people um, who have different opinions than ourselves. I, I think there are very valid arguments where one person can for him or herself conclude that um, with with lack of long-term safety data initially they preferred not to be vaccinated i think um, uh, while for me the choice was easy i, I, I felt that i for myself concluded that risk benefit uh, it was the right thing to do I, I can fully understand that not everybody might have drawn the same conclusion and is fully entitled to draw a different conclusion and i think there we were a bit unhelpful amongst us to start to be fairly provocative towards people that have different opinions. That, that, that I think suffered. Um, but uh, again, how healthcare as a whole operated, sensational. Um, how quickly we're able to get um, vaccines unheard of uh, and, and data played a role. Uh, they learned from, from previous uh, situations and, and how patient recruitment, for instance, worked. Um, and really heads off to the NHS, uh, you guys are lucky, um, uh, Europe is lucky, in most countries we have very good healthcare systems, if not to say all countries with very good healthcare systems, but uh, the NHS, of course, stands out. Uh, you guys have have a fantastic approach where very quickly there was coordination to to find those who want to participate. Um, it's very easy in hindsight to challenge one or the other manufacturer, including a UK manufacturer like AstraZeneca to say this, or that could have done, could have been done better. And we definitely want to learn because there are, are fair criticisms. Um, but I think we ought to differentiate between fair criticisms, how to do it better next time and implying that we would have done it better if we had been in their shoes, um, cause there aren't many situations where i can think of where uh, initially with so many unknowns and all the pressure that was put on them um that many of us stood up and said please let me decide uh so uh i I think overall uh we we came out much stronger we've learned a ton i i actually think in the context of data we've also realized that uh, quicker and better data analysis on an ongoing basis for any healthcare system is key because um there are publications from France and Italy, for instance, that touch upon the fact that uh, without being able to draw conclusive um, uh, uh, decisions out of it, um, A, you, you know that uh, wastewater analysis shows that uh, COVID um, uh, uh, viruses were were uh, in Europe long before the, the year two in 2020, um, definitely in, in fall before and if you look at uh, the the uh, spike rate of of um, pneumonia infections uh, in the last quarter before formally the pandemic was was uh, called at least it indicates that uh, maybe some level of virus was already starting to spread and um, Better data management going forward might be able to help us identify such spikes. You know, if, if we all all of a sudden see 20, 30% deviations in incidence of one or the other disease, maybe we very quickly can ask ourselves, Hey, what's going on? You know, uh, can we help? Can we isolate? Can we, can we identify what the source is? And, and that is definitely a learning. Um, we can always go back and say we should have, but. Um, that doesn't help. What does help is um, what can we do for the future? Hi, I'm Daniel Brigham, editor of the Tech for Good magazine. I hope you're enjoying this pod. And if you want more, why not head over to techforgood.net for some amazing and thought-provoking stories. You can read about one company's mission to use digital technologies in the fight against HIV or learn how social media can help refugees take control of their narratives. For those insights and more, read and subscribe at TechForGood.net.
0: Yeah, and when you think about that future, as as we've discussed, Peter, it, it is really exciting. Especially when you think about, as you've said there, that the the power of data. Now, you you mentioned earlier smart reporting, the current the company you're currently working with. I feel like that, that that's giving you that role is giving you an opportunity to really explore that 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 that's potential of 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 data um i know you you, you introduced them earlier maybe you can talk again a, a little bit more about what what smart reporting does as a as a company what what is its mission
1: yeah we we really focus on curating uh data at the source uh what does that concretely mean uh we we developed a software so any any it engineer who who feels like uh, they want to program and make make lives better please uh, reach out to our uh, UK affiliate, um, uh, or, or for that matter, our, our German uh, mother company. Um, we, we're always interested in, in additional firepower on that end. But we, we developed software that makes it easier for uh, the clinician to to capture diagnosis. Uh, focus really being here on a complete diagnosis. It's a bit like starting the car and forgetting to put the safety belt on. Um, the car drives, you can go ahead. Um, but uh, you better be lucky. Um, And uh, we feel that uh, we shouldn't leave it to luck, how patients ultimately end up in the healthcare system, Um, but by making sure that there is a complete uh, diagnosis with uh, um, a a, um, uh, input software that facilitates um, that, for instance, on any um, uh, lung image that all information that the image provides, it's actually captured in a structured report that then goes to the um, specialist to interpret and and, um, take the next decisions, that we really facilitate um, uh, this in the the, uh, input phase, but subsequently that the benefit of such uh, structured data and completeness is also used um, in, in, in the reverse side to further inform future diagnosis. Because if if complete data diagnosis is pulled and you realize that with longitudinal data that uh, patients with this and that um, similar um, picture and subsequent treatment have been very quickly responding and, and, and cured or, or at least uh, uh, treated well, then that can inform subsequent decisions. And of course, you can argue, but isn't that what a doctor does anyway. Yeah, of course, but the whole point is we wanna stop limiting it to one doctor and make the knowledge of all doctors available to all of them as well. Um, What we do not want to do is interfere with the doctor-patient relationship, because we believe that that is an incredible interpersonal and and important dialogue that ought to continue. What we do want to make um, uh, uh, available to the individual doctor is the knowledge of the, the greater community and with it inform his or her choice to the best uh, possible way. And that's really the the, the passion we, 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 we deploy every day. We have a large number of clinicians in our team, we have a large number of, of software engineers in our team, and um, that doesn't mean we, we wouldn't want to take on anybody else. I myself, I'm not, not, not a clinician nor a software engineer, so there's definitely room for other talents too. Well, that's what we do and, and we do it with enormous passion we believe uh, we can make a difference uh, including in the UK that's why we' have a UK affiliate because uh, we believe as I said before the NHS is an incredibly important partner and uh, if we if we through our team can partner with them can partner with with organizations and 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 hospitals and trusts in the UK to make structured reporting uh, a hallmark of, of 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 their own institute we, we'd be delighted to do so
0: what well, Peter would you say is the are the main challenges that smart reporting's solution is is solving the problems that it can resolve for you know clinicians for for healthcare organizations what would you say
1: I think that the main problem we try to sort for for clinicians is indeed that um the, the balance between uh the time pressure they're all under uh because let's not kid ourselves uh, a clinician's job is brutal in that respect um there is a lot of uh, activity-based assessments you know how many patients can they see in a day and there they speak five minutes too long with one patient uh they'll immediately get reprimanded for that um uh so that pressure and at the same time uh, allowing them uh, to the, the best and, and fastest way possible to uh, ensure complete uh, uh, diagnosis is fed into the system. I, I would say those two pieces on the front line ultimately uh, to improve uh, the, the uh, research and development in, in healthcare as a whole. Um, if we, for instance, create uh, better data on, on current treatments. Um, think it through, that can be as amazing as potentially facilitating future clinical trials. Because if you were to have complete transparency on current, uh, we mentioned lung before, let's say lung cancer, um, including current standard of care, the NHS um, uh, requests the data that is submitted for the, or, or t- take uh, amateur ANIs, that is submitted for registration for uh, uh, an oncolytic in, in for lung treatment or or any other, um tumor treatment uh, that that it has a control arm of some sorts which makes total sense we want that but the control arm very often is placebo or current standard of care now you could skip that if you have such a sound uh pool of real world evidence that the control arm always is a so-called synthetic arm so it is just drawing the comparison from current um uh, real world evidence and with that you can accelerate r d You can make certain therapies that don't work quicker be phased out. Others that do work quicker get to the market Um, risk adjustment. Because again, a nice has a, a really difficult task to assess where are inconsistencies of data or 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 potential data gaps. And they need to account for that because there are limited funds available to decide which treatments you make available to to the public. But if you were to have better sounder um, data available from the beginning and that's why we focus so much at curation at the source data curation at the source then then decision making is easier you have to have much less of these so-called discounting discussions because it's clearer where the data reveals improvements versus not so for, for me that that is the problem we're trying to fix um and um, where uh we're very keen to collaborate with all stakeholders so it's it's not something which we can fix in isolation not at all
0: really interesting insights peter now i know you're really just at the beginning of your journey with smart reporting but but how encouraged are you from what you've seen so far and and how how much does it excite you the difference that this that that structured reporting and and the work smart reporting is doing could make in the future very excited Uh, and and for me
1: it's also the collaboration with amazing organizations like uh ge healthcare siemens canon uh, fujitsu you name it there's so many good players out there um uh, on the on the uh, imaging side you similarly see obviously if if i if i reference our oncology work uh we are lucky enough to be partner in an amazing um project that the european authorities uh, support optima and there you have the Roche Bayer. Uh, Pfizer, Amgens of the world who participate in that, um, uh, yeah, the the, the 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 breadth of 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 uh, uh, players that contribute is enormous. And um, but back to where I, I was before, there, there's almost um, uh, no no limit to w- where we can go with them. Um, uh, and 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 as such, um, the 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 world is our oyster. Um, I,
0: I would say. An interesting point you make there, Peter, about about collaboration and and different companies, organizations coming together. Do you feel encouraged by the amount of collaboration that we're seeing in the industry right now?
1: Yeah, can it be more? Absolutely. So, for instance, that 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 component of uh, when do we let the the Amazons and and Microsofts come in versus the Roche's and Novartis versus the Siemens G's I mentioned or others for, versus the the Cleveland Mayo Clinic or 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 bigger trusts in the uk how do we bring them together in a in a complementary way for sure there will be one or two initiatives where people will step on each other's toes it's innovation always has a bit of friction um, because you're changing things Um, but i think uh, at least i take enormous positives from from the pictures that was drawn during during the pandemic um where a lot of people realized there's so much we can do together and and um allow me to go back to to the question you asked before what what confidence do i draw from my colleagues i mean that's why this mix of different characters is so important uh and and i can only encourage anybody whether they are you know highly extroverted and like to to come up with great ideas or or they love to study the books and the clinical data doesn't matter um all of these different characters are important in a debate you know if it weren't for some um bookworms we probably would have never discovered one of the other treatment in the first place uh, and if it weren't for for dare i say the elon musks of the world we don't have any daredevils either who go out and say let's just do it um so collaboration i think as difficult as it is let's not kid ourselves it is not always easy to bring uh, the NHS and private industry at the same table to to to, to reference again the, the UK setting because there can be experiences we, we might have had in the past that lead people to have certain stereotypes and views about one or the other but truth is at least every human person I've met uh, as I worked in healthcare always tries to do the best with the resources they have and if we grant each other that benefit of the doubt then actually we're all on the same page and yes we acknowledge that there might be certain goals we need to achieve um, that might not always 100% align but the ultimate objective to help um, have as few people become patients because I still believe prevention is always better than, than, than treatment and those that need to be treated have been treated as, as, as good and as uh, uh, qualitatively valuable as possible is key so I'm, I'm very optimistic on collaboration and um believe that uh even the skills around it have improved you know take the means we're using here to record this podcast um uh I, i i cannot imagine 10 years ago how many virtual meetings nowadays actually work they actually really work and how much can be done 10 years ago that was impossible am i therefore saying we don't need face to face i'm not saying that at all i think face to face still beats anything but um Uh, their collaboration has improved too.
0: Great stuff, Peter. And you're clearly very enthusiastic about, about the future of your industry. I think, you know, perhaps unfairly the healthcare industry, maybe, especially in this country has had a a bit of a reputation for, for not innovating quickly enough and not embracing technology, but really considering everything we've spoken about today, there's a real kind of clear path forward here, isn't there with technology and data at, at the center of how you know, if you talk about tech for good, which we talk about a lot, this this is tech for good in microcosm, isn't it? Really, with with health, an industry like healthcare, which is so critical to, to, to everyone around the world, obviously, and technology being used and data being used to really improve services, improve patient care, prevent more people becoming ill, as you said, prevention is a massive thing. It's it's a very positive outlook, isn't it? Very much so, uh, Ben.
1: And I think, um, I mean where i can i will promote you guys cuz i think podcasts like yours take for good it's amazing you know and it's really important uh every little helps take a health app um some of us use these to do uh, yoga or meditation or stretching but it all helps who knows the 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 twice weekly stretching exercises you do might actually help you next time you go running from tearing a muscle um, now, you tell me what you prefer, stretching every now and then, or being in hospital for, well, tearing a muscle doesn't necessarily require a hospital, but at least being homebound because you can't run. Um, and these are small things, but uh, nowadays you have apps to, to um, uh, be that, for instance, for diabetes patients to, to track their blood sugar. Now, how amazing is that? Technology makes that possible. Um, those of us who had to look into their nutrition, um, the same um, apps that allow you to track blood sugar for diabetes, actually, if if you're very health conscious, can also allow you to to track what happens when you eat a piece of chocolate. Um, I coincidentally, out of personal interest did that, and it was amazing, not that I didn't know that you get a glucose spike, uh, but to see the difference between having that and, and then even eating a croissant and see what happens. Because that's the difference between simple and complex carbs, just for those who, who are into that as much as I am. And and then having having um, uh, full grain bread eaten and seeing the much slower release of energy in your body. And would I have been that conscious? No, technology made it possible. And you, you take it to so many dimensions where I honestly believe Uh, Tech is uh, there um, to to enable us to do so many good things. And therefore, a a podcast like yours and all all, all those of you who listen, especially those who you're in that space, you know, keep at it. Think about how technology can improve. Those of you who are innovators, think about how your ideas could make a difference for others. Test it with specialists. Go to a clinician and say, hey, does that actually address an unmet need? And go for it. I, I mean, the, 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 the space that can be filled there, the improvement for patients that can be done. And it's on every dimension. I've mentioned uh, pa- patient registries before. What a difference a good patient registry can make. But a patient registry can mean patient reported outcomes. I go back to the cell phone. Imagine any of us were to suffer I mentioned hemophilia before, a bleeding disorder, but there are many other rare diseases where it's very difficult to pull data together, but technology might have made it possible. Um, maybe partnering with a patient organization to actually help them roll out information to their patients is a good way of dealing with it. And it's all possible thanks to technology. And, and th- th- there is the tool itself the the smartphone or or but then there is the, the, the wireless data transportation, then there is the app itself, then there's how do you integrate it into an EHR, an electronic health record system. So there's so many components where technology has actually made the difference. That's where, where my statement before came from, that I do believe data and technology will be the next big accelerator, or is the next big accelerator, I should say, because we don't have to wait. It's here. That was the Tech for Good podcast. Listen, subscribe, and rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher.